What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Welcome to Leverage Addicts, the podcast for investors looking to maximize returns through leverage. Join host, seasoned mortgage professional and real estate enthusiast, Blandon Lerm, as we explore property investing strategies and learn how to navigate the market to build new wealth. Welcome back, Leverage Addicts, where we dive into the world of property investing. I'm your host, Blandon, and here to guide you through today's property landscape. If you're new to the show, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you find value in today's episode, please share this episode with just one person who might receive value from it. Today, we're excited to host John O'Franco, a man who has transitioned from a successful career as a professional tennis coach to become an influential figure in the property investing space. Currently, Jono holds the position of Managing Director at Wealth Mentor, a platform where he guides, supports, and inspires individuals to navigate the world of property investments. Jono's journey in property investment spans over the last eight years, during which he has worn several hats, from property investment mentor to speaker, and his unique blend of experience, strategy, and approach to property investment sets him apart. So let us dive in as we learn more about Jono's story and his unique approach to property investments and some of the working strategy in today's market. Welcome, Jono. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Awesome. Awesome. As a traditional to the podcast, you need to share with the audience how much leverage you have. So tell us, Jono, how much mortgage are you running at the moment? Oh, I love that question because people always are so scared of these numbers. Uh, yeah, so I'm around that five mil mark yep. at the moment. But how cool is it when you've got so much debt that you can leave to your kids, eh? What a win. <laughs> five mil debt is, is not, not no joke for sure. That's a great, great start. So that means we are going to be diving in to learn why Jono has so much debt. All right, so maybe let's start from the beginning, Jono. Can you tell us about your journey? You know, being a professional tennis coach seems like it's a pretty big transition into property investment. And now you're a mentor yourself. Yeah, it was a very bizarre transition as well. Um, because what happened is my wife and myself, we were out there looking to buy our own house. Distinctly remember making those few offers and being absolutely petrified, you know, taking family members along to when I'm going to sign some purchase agreements with agents. And we were just not able to buy a house. The market yeah. was just too tough to get into. And what year was this? This was eight years this ago. This would have been around 2014 yeah. or so, 2013, 2014. And then towards the end of uh, 2014, an agent actually said to us, have you heard about this reality TV show coming up where it's actually about first home buyers and being able to help them into the market? So we checked it out and ended up applying and ended up getting on the show where the whole concept was that we had to buy and renovate and sell a house. Uh, the parents bought the house, so my in-laws yep. um, bought the house, we renovated it, and we sold the house, and that then gave the profits the ability for you know, the kids to go off and buy their, their own home. And it was a cool principle, but at the same time, you know, I was a tennis coach at the time, we just did this one property transaction, and yes, there was a lot of free stuff, because you, know, you get free jib and a few sponsored things, but yep. we made $190,000 profit on this Jeez. property. And I was like, that's a lot of hitting tennis balls to earn that much money. And we just did it in 10 weeks on one property. So that was kind of the, the shift where I went, okay, I think we need to make a bit of a change because, you know, we want to start a family and yes. you, you want you want to have choices about your time. And it was a big aha moment when, when you know, when that hammer dropped and we made that profit to go, okay, we need to make a shift. Yeah. And with that property, 
what was the purchase price and what was the input on terms of renovation costs, et cetera? Oh, that's a, mate, it's a Roughly. few years ago, a few years ago. From memory, our purchase was 460. Yes. Um, it was a it was a beautiful place in Titarangi, and we spent. You're testing me here. It might have been around that hundred mark on actual spend budget spend. There was obviously a lot of free inclusions. I approached. You know, we got a free kitchen from from sponsorship, which mm -hmm. is always nice. Peter Hay came through on that yeah. one. It was wicked, and we got you know all these free parts of it. So it was pretty good. And then yeah, we sold it seven twenty ish, seven twenty two, something around there. Made one hundred ninety thousand because we also won the show. Yeah, the biggest profit margin. Yes. We actually won another hundred grand, which was freaking amazing. To be yeah. honest, you know, at that time, uh, yeah, Far, you had everything uh, going for you at that time. It was a, it was a win, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, it certainly was um, a great way to get started. And we were able to split that with my my in laws as well. You know, they were able to make some good money on on the show and it, it gave us a real desire to get into more deals yeah and so from there how did you sort of transition because now you're like okay well i want to do this thing but how so yeah want to do it but just dangerous because i think i can do it after doing a reality tv show yeah um actually ended up <laughs> attending a wealth mentor event and ended up getting educated by wealth mentor going through mentorship programs and then got into property full-time from there. Yeah. The first strategy that we implemented was trading. You know, the first trade we did, we did with our own money, very quickly realized that it's smarter to use other people's money, so mm -hmm. transitioned that way. And then, you know, things just, just kind of escalated from there, buying holds, joint ventures, ended up becoming a mentor because we'd done so so well through the investing, yes. start educating others. Pretty cool journey to get on. Sort of expanding on that. Were there any parallels or lessons from your sports career that translated into property investing? Listen, I think um, subconsciously there's always going to be. One thing that's always impressed me is when I've worked with um, clients, I say clients, I'm so used to saying clients now, when I worked with athletes back in the day and I was fortunate enough to coach New Zealand teams and um, many Auckland teams, those kids that were really dedicated and put a, a good effort into their career of tennis at this time have gone on to become extremely successful in their adult years mm. and i think subconsciously when you're in a situation where you're trying to achieve the best you can you're putting full dedication mm -hmm. and one of the other things with tennis is you have to problem solve you're out there by yourself you're just getting your opposition wants to beat you up you know it's kind of like a boxing match except you know actually um throwing punches but you've got to problem solve you've got to find ways to come through get through adversity so that you can actually then start to achieve or get the result out of it and i think that's a big part of it because you just see that if you put some dedication in, the results will come. And the results with property means more time with family. And you know, that there, to me, is more important than absolutely anything. And yourself, currently, you have three. three. Oh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> About to become three. So we had a, a, a surprise yes. um, earlier, earlier this year. So, yes, in the end of July, we will have our third daughter. Mm. Um, so, you know, luckily I'm in property so that I can fund all these weddings because uh, it's going to be an expensive <laughs> few years ahead for me uh, yeah. with my, my kids. But yeah, they're absolutely everything to me. I love taking my kids along to, to view properties, yeah. um, to auctions. Start um, them when they're early, huh? They love it. And, you know, my, my oldest daughter, she's not even eight yet. She's asking me when we go through, how's dad, what will we buy this for? How much profit could we make if we sell it? She's understanding this. She she watches the auctions. She comes along with me. Wow. You know, that, that I think is, is massive. That, yeah. that legacy that you're leaving for your kids. What an, what an amazing impact. You need to start a new reality TV show where the parents allow their teenage kids to get into trading. 
You reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Right. I, I think it will work. All right, cool. I'll um, participate. <laughs> How old are your kids? How long have you got there? Uh, the three and one at the moment. Okay, so you've got and, a couple of years. Yeah, got a few few years to catch up. But like your one will hit hit start for sure. Yeah, cool. No, I think I, actually we we should um not allow her to join just because she's like you know she got all the advantages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfair advantage. <laughs> well, it is an unfair advantage, but isn't that the great thing about being in a space that you can you know share financial knowledge or or share a, a passion that can create wealth and create a better life for generations to come like isn't that just an amazing thing that we're in yeah not definitely and i try to teach the concept of working with my child as well mm -hmm. like when when eli's like hey i want to buy a new toy and i said daddy hasn't worked enough this week <laughs> there's no money and then yeah. next time he'll know he's like daddy did you work this week <laughs> I love that. I love it. So, so my girls are like, Daddy, do we have to buy another house so we can do another week? <laughs> so yeah, I like this. that. Yeah, Actually, yeah. we should say, yeah, I, I didn't buy any properties this week. We can't buy toys. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, that's good. Because you're in this coaching role now where you're mentoring instead of athletes, you're mentoring new investors or perhaps even sometimes seasoned investors who yep. are trying to really accelerate towards a new position yep. and break through. So in your mentoring career now, what are some common fears or misconceptions have you noticed that hold people back from taking the leap? I think misconception and fear probably have to be split up separately. Yeah. I think the biggest misconception is that to be able to do property, you have to be wealthy. You have to have money behind you to do it. And you know what, that, that is a massive misconception mm -hmm. because yes, you need money to be able to purchase a property, but it doesn't have to be your money, first mm -hmm. of all. That's the first one. But also there's other strategies within property that can be done without having money. So I think the wealth that you need to do property is not financial, it's knowledge. Mm. And when you understand how you can put deals together, you can pull the right parties in, you can potentially look at how you can, can structure deals where you're not having to actually even contribute financially, that there is massive. Mm. So I think that's probably the big misconception where you know, we've had clients go through, turn up with literally $30,000 on a credit card. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, this is Matt, who I know you, you have met um, down in Wanganui, and he's now over $20 million worth of transactions in four years. Yeah. So he got the knowledge, he's got the drive, he's able to achieve. So I think that there is the biggest misconception. Yeah, he's um, very impressive. Like that young Matt, he's on, on the newspaper as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah a few of them are, uh, you know, getting a bit of publicity and it, it gives me so much joy to see uh, the publicity not necessarily just the publicity, but what they're able to achieve to, to get the publicity. Yeah. Making massive headway, doing epic things. Um, and, and probably the other part that I love even more is how many of our network community are tapping in together to help each other, whether it's in a joint venture and actually doing deals together or just giving, sharing each other's knowledge. I think that's, that's something mm. that's pretty special. Now that you talk about misconception about how to utilize capital, and potentially in properties, the interesting thing is you could use other people's money. You could structure deals where it's beneficial for other people to pile money together because there's a very clear return. And as long as you are the one that's stitching it up together, you should have a benefit out of the deal as well. But what are some of the fears? Because obviously in the beginning, right, if you don't know nothing, it's very hard for someone sort of to move into that. Like, okay, I'm just gonna find how I can use other people's money. And fear for me comes back down. And I actually did something on my Instagram just this week around this where I talked about the fact that fear is just a false expectation appearing real. And 
the best way to 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 reduce fear because there's always going to be a level of risk or a level of fear going into any transaction no matter how advanced you are but the way that you mitigate it and and have confidence in what you're doing which essentially is the opposite of fear is through the knowledge mm -hmm. and and understand are the numbers correct on the deals that you're doing is there a clear indication as to how you're going to exit the deal what's what are the exit strategies on the deal what's the clear strategy that you're implementing with the deal and when you have clarity and knowledge then the fear becomes irrelevant and you're able to actually make informed decisions and feel more confident about what you're actually doing with your investing so mm. yeah, i think fear it can be nullified through through knowledge and, and experience. That's awesome. And if a new investor come to you and go, hey, Jono, I'm just going to go do some homework first before I come back to you. What are the things that you would tell them to go, hey, look, these are the two or three things you should focus on and learn about before they should move on to try and actually action? The first thing I would say is don't go onto one of the news apps or, or sites and search property uh, because <laughs> you will be absolutely petrified of property if you just read what's in the, uh, yeah. the media outlets. I think the first step, for, for me as an educator, I always obviously am proud and, and believe in education. So it would always be for me, get educated. Obviously listening to or watching this podcast, you have a desire to keep learning and growing. So, you know, big ups to everyone watching this one, but continue that education, keep, keep going to the channels where you can keep growing. But then secondly, I think the key is get to know your area. Mm -hmm. So I always talk through the analogy of start, you know, figure out your strategy. Now the strategy needs to be a strategy that's going to be best for whatever you're looking to achieve out of property. So what's your, your ultimate goal? Figure a strategy that's best going to get you there. Then get the training in that strategy so you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Find an area that suits the strategy that, that you're implementing because not every strategy works in every single area. Mm -hmm. Do your research, learn your area, get confident on your area. And then lastly, once you've done all that, then we can transact and we can get into the deal. Mm. So that would be my key steps, I think, is, is work through that start and get confident in the area that you're investing in yep. and the strategy that you're implementing. So, Jono, because one of the most popular topics right now is new builds, right? And sort of existing properties versus new builds. What's your take on this and how does it compare to the strategy that you're preaching? I think again, you know, strategy wise, there's a strategy for everybody and, and then there is the odd person that new builds might fit as a strategy for them going forward, whether it is to complement an existing portfolio, maybe move some debts for some you know tax benefits. I truly believe though, to create wealth through property is the ability to control the value, not necessarily control the value, but to be able to force the appreciation of a property. Mm. When we say force the appreciation by adding value to a property, that there is straight away an opportunity to create wealth. Mm. So that for me is one of the one of the big reasons why I believe of, um, buying a new build compared to an in situ or an existing property, I would much rather go for the existing property because I can know that if I buy it at 500, I put 50 into it, it's going to be worth, let's say 650. You've made $100,000 of, of wealth. When you go into a new build, you're going into it, potentially it's going to be built in 12 months, what the market's going to be like in 12 months. And we're seeing that hurt right now from people that are literally buying properties now and, and are in a negative equity situation mm. because you're purely reliant on what the market is doing from a time period. You're essentially gambling mm. and hoping the market improves rather than controlling the increase in value. 
Mm. That's one of the key things. Then people always then go, okay, well, what about interest deduction? Well, you can get interest deduction on existing properties if you know how. And then again, comes back to my whole thing is you need to get knowledgeable. You need to know what you're doing. So and there is strategies in, that you can use to be able to get interest deduction. And then people will go, well, what about bright line tests? Yep. And you go, well, you know what? If you're buying a property and your intention is to hold it, you're holding it because you've got cash flow. You've got rent that outweighs expenses. But also at the same time, you're holding it because you get incremental gains over a long period of time. Your plan when you're buying and holding is generally to hold it for an extended period of time. So just work to the 10-year period. Mm -hmm. You're still creating a whole lot more wealth than you would have by buying an existing property that potentially is going to drop in value from the price that you've paid to mm -hmm. settle on it. So I think in terms of the bright line, I, I think it's it's just a part of doing business. If you have to sell in that period, well, you just have to deal with the tax implications. But that comes down to your portfolio planning and, and actually having a clear plan as to why you're buying certain properties and mm. for what. Uh, hopefully I've answered that question. What about tenants? What about potentially having maintenance costs? Like those kind of things, how do you sort of mitigate for that? This comes back down to the key strategy of buying below value and adding value. And your adding value is actually taking care of all those maintenance issues. So you're actually bringing a property up to standard. Yes, it's not a completely new build, but it is up to a standard that is going to reduce your maintenance cost because you've actually gone in and done the renovation. Mm -hmm. So in turn, essentially what you've done is you're creating a new build mm. by, by renovating an existing property. Mm -hmm. You get the equity uplift because you've you're forcing that and straight away you've got yourself a property that's worth way more than what you originally purchased for so that yep. that there for me is a, an absolute massive uplift yep. or, or key key driver in why you go existing yeah and i like the fact that if you have say 100k 150k uplift you can actually refinance some of that money back out and that's your deposit um on the way in absolutely and, and you know how you can, and, and again, you know this way better than me as a, you know, in the financial space, but if you are able to add that value, you can straight away go and often buy another property just by using the equity that you've created. Mm -hmm. you know, isn't that so cool? Kind of ending up with three properties. Yeah. So that's yeah. a pretty epic uh, opportunity. It'll be interesting if that 35% kicks in soon with the LVR rule changing potentially with mm -hmm. the uh, Reserve Bank. And that would give a bit more advantage for existing builds as well. I yep. think having the 40% is definitely a hindrance. Slow down a lot of the older investor who were doing the whole renovation to get the equity uplift and then refinancing. But 35% certainly can give them a bit more options. But in saying that, even some of the non-bank lenders, they're offering 80-80. Mm -hmm. If you have a very clear exit strategy, um, those those non-bank and second-tier lenders would work quite well, even though they might have high interest rate. But you could have a strategy where you would bring it back to the main bank and that will allow you to just keep going with, with building the equity. Absolutely. And I think if you want to go new build, then buy a house that has the ability to add something on the back. There's your new build. Mm. Move a lot of the debt to that, and then you're going to get your tax benefits. So there's strategies around it, but I think if you're buying a property off the plan from a developer and hoping that you're going to create wealth from that one, kind of are going down a gambling route. Talking about sort of buying house with space at the back, I quite like one of the investors uh, in your group that mentioned about, hey, we're actually moving the house forward a little bit it's got a minor dwelling at the back they're actually adding another relocatable in the middle of the uh, property and that makes it all tax deductible as well because essentially 
they've got a new CCC on the property that's being relocated and then also adding the relocatable, which is increasing both cash flow, increasing equity, and you're getting the tax deductibility. It's, it's literally all the benefits that you'd want out of a property transaction. Um, and all he's doing is moving the property, I think it's three meters. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, $20,000 moving the property three meters and huge tax benefits from it. But again, I hate to say it, but it comes down to knowing how to do it yeah. and, and knowing that by doing that, you are getting the huge benefit. Um, so you just can't rule out the ability to, to get that knowledge behind you to create the wealth. Yeah. And I guess sometimes you don't have to know everything as well, because there are big companies that are just focused on doing the relocatables. And that would take out a lot of the risk that you might be thinking about because they obviously don't want to move a house that they're not certain about as well. So it is interesting when you actually build the right team around you, you actually uplift your knowledge um, to a whole new level. Absolutely. And nobody knows everything. And what you do need to know, I think as a property investor, and if there's one real key thing is build a team around you and have the right people around you that you can leverage on because that there is, is the ability to build your portfolio. Property is literally about people. And if people want to reach out and go, hey, Jono, how could I get some mentorship? Yeah, yeah, awesome. So I think the best place to, to get hold of me is probably on Instagram, mm -hmm. to be honest. So johnofrankel.nz, nice and easy. And all the links are there for our event. Otherwise, if you want to check out the event itself, wealthmentorworkshop.com, if you head there, you'll be able to check out all the information yeah. and be able to find out if the event's right for you. But I can assure you the event's right for you. <laughs> If you can't remember any of that, just Google Wealth Mentor and yes. you'll find it. Yeah. No, or Jono awesome. Frankel. Nice and easy. You'll find it. Appreciate your time, Jono. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for and having me. And we'll probably bring Jono back another time. If you guys find value today, remember to hit that subscribe button. Thank you, Jono. Thanks for having me.